0: Hello, friends, and welcome to World Build With Us, the podcast where we create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferney, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Courtney Staples and C.R. Rowenson. Clark, always a pleasure to have you on. Thank you for joining us. Always great to be here. Absolutely. And Clark, if they were interested in you and your content, where can people normally find you and your content?
1: Yeah, so the best place to find my content right now is on YouTube. The channel is The Magic Engineer, all one word. And if you want to reach out to me or view some of my older content, you can find me at crrowenson.com. Those are the best places to find me.
0: Absolutely. And before we dive into today's episode, which is a, a, a I feel like it's been a very long time since we've done of these mm-hmm. and we've never done one with Clark. So I'm very excited to do this today's episode. We're doing a monster mash, which is where we basically take the archetype of a monster, the concept of a monster. We roll it through the kind of jam stuff that we normally do with our settings. And then we try and create scenarios that push the limits of what that monster is and how it kind of works with, uh, how that kind of happens? It's really fun. I think the last time we did one of these was our Minotaur episode, which I absolutely ended up loving. Courtney, can you confirm that? Have we done another one since then?
2: No, I think that was the last one. But yeah, that was a lot of fun, but it has been quite a long time. It's since been ages. These, yeah,
0: yeah. It is my goal that we do more of these fun little one shot episodes because, I mean, we we always have, we will always have a backlog of settings to get to and and uh, tenets to work through however i think that'd be kind of fun to kind of you know uh work through some one shots like these from time to time if you disagree or you want to see more stuff like this like the monster mash like the jams and whatnot you can always email us or uh just talk to us on discord and You can find most of that through our website, worldbuildwithus.com, where you can also click a link, follow some instructions, and within a reasonable amount of time, we'll build your world. Uh, That's normally what we do, but today it's a little bit different. If you'd prefer to follow us on social media, you can go ahead and follow us on Twitter at Let's World Build. Or, like I said, we've got a Discord. Come chat with us. Let us know what's going on. If you really like the Monster Mash type stuff where you want us to stick mostly to the the setting design that we normally do, you know, that's a great place for you to tell us. We really appreciate any kind of opinion that you might have, good or bad, or even indifferent, right? And of course, if you're feeling particularly generous, uh, or you just want to give us like a nice little thank you, you can always go to our Patreon and get access to sweet, sweet patron-only goodies like Aphid Lounge episodes, which are effectively like a monthly uh, extra podcasts that we give that are isn't necessarily uh courtney would you say that it's fair that they're tangentially related to world building
2: i feel like they're usually at least <laughs> at least kind of related to world building sometimes yeah, tangentially. Off, yeah exactly um, yeah okay, right? we'll you. just say
1: that they're they're always interesting Yes. So yeah. Let's go yes. with that because like <laughs> yes. the last yes. time I was on the podcast, it was on one of those, and that one was amazing oh. because we were doing <laughs> yeah. maximum gross out with body horror, and that yeah. was fascinating yeah. and fun.
0: An excellent plug. If you want to go listen to all three of us be as unhinged as we're allowed to be uh, about body horror, I think that there's a lot of like placenta and like mm-hmm. body horror related to birth in that episode, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Oh yeah. 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 So if you're interested in that or any of our regular content, go ahead and pop on over to our Patreon where you'll get access to that among other great, interesting goodies. Uh, but no pressure if you're not.
2: I know it's really tempting to, you know, go listen to this episode about a uh, placenta horror, but it it is good. It is a actually
0: good no, I, I agree. It's it's a very <laughs> interesting like we we I, I think that uh being able to talk about like really weird and dark stuff was a really especially because like mm-hmm. believe it or not. Despite my my personality online, I, I do try to rein it in and I do in fact try and rein in my co-hosts when possible. And I think for that episode, I'm just like, I'm turning that switch off and we're just going. So yeah, it got weird and dark really fast. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's got it's got the three of us on it. So yeah, obviously that's a that's a thing that's gonna happen. So aphid lounge,
1: you don't really know what you're gonna get, but it's gonna be interesting.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> Mm, No, that that's a joke. I can't tell here. It's a joke. I can tell in the aphid lounge. Anyway, let's get (laughs) let's get into the episode. (laughs) All right. With all of that out of the way, let's go ahead and roll some dice and figure out which monster we're going to be focusing on today. So the way that this normally works is we each bring four to five monsters. We add them to a list and then uh, we roll randomly on that list. So now Clark has added his four. Uh, which are werewolves, chimera, Jiangxi, which are the Chinese version of the hopping vampires. And then, Clark, you're going to have to pronounce the last one for me, if you don't mind.
1: I mean, I don't know if I can pronounce (laughs) it right either, but
0: Penangavan. Sure. And uh, for those of you who might not know that one, that is a Malaysian... It's a floating head that has entrails falling out of it. Is that Clark? Why don't you describe it? It's one of your favorites.
1: Yeah. So it they are supposedly spirits of wronged women or um, sinful women, but they are the floating heads of women that will fly around dragging the entrails of their body behind them. And depending on where you look, the organs are kind of prehensile or they're Mm. not sometimes they say that they have to return back to their body whereupon they reform into a whole woman and rest. Mm-hmm. But just, just the floating head with the entrails uh, attacking people is that should give you an idea of uh, the kind of stuff I like. So I was going
0: to say it is so on brand for you, Clark. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, let's go ahead and roll some dice that that might not even come up. We're going to find out, I suppose. Right. So our the, the monster that we're focusing on for today's Monster Mash is going to be... Clark, I don't know how you got this in one shot, but we got Chimera. And honestly, mm. look, Chimera are interesting in their own right, right? Like, when you say Chimera, are you talking about them as a loose archetype of just an amalgam of other animals and creatures? Or are you thinking very specifically... Lion, goat snake.
1: Uh both both are my favorites. I, I like <laughs> okay. I like the general like blending, which again, mm-hmm. no surprise if you have listened to any of my stuff. But <laughs> I do like the standard Greek chimera that's mm-hmm. the blend of these three animals. Gotcha.
0: And obviously, right, chimera are also have been used to represent like I mean, I'm thinking of immediately Full Metal Alchemist, right? Where they're like fusions of different organic materials put together, right? Which, again, also a big Clark uh, staple if you've ever engaged with any of his content as well. All right, well, we've got our Chimera. So let's see what genre we have to stick them in this time and see how we're working with them. So our genre that we're dealing with is... Okay, this is rigged. This is legitimately rigged. I rolled an 11 on the die, which Courtney can attest to you is a body horror genre. (laughs) Okay. Uh,
1: So I I swear we don't cheat on this. I know like every time I come on somehow, like the things that I have added to the randomly generated tables end (laughs) up coming up. Mm -hmm. There's no shenanigans going on here. I promise you.
0: yeah no i'm 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 somewhat mad about this, but not really. Anyway, maybe the theme will kind of elucidate uh, or or guide us towards a more interesting topic. So maybe we can hang our hooks on the theme here. And our theme this time is okay. Th- th- I mean, sure, we're looking at growth slash expansion. Mm. okay. And then the first thing that we're focusing on here is going to be an historic event. All right. So Clark, you're barely a guest at this point, but you do still get to go first. So why don't you hit us with your, and obviously it's your monster, you brought it. So where is your brain going? We've got a theme of growth and expansion. We've got a chimera. We're sticking with body horror for now. Crank the knob and snap it off. What do you got for us?
1: Huh. Honestly, what I think would be really interesting is to take this in a direction where Chimera is actually a class of animal. Mm -hmm. That just just with the growth. What was it? It was growth and um, expansion and, and expansion. I'm just really fixating on that growth and expansion so that maybe Chimeras aren't the same in different places because as the culture that uses them or is connected to them grows and expands, depending on where you're at, they adapt and they change. That's mm-hmm. where my brain is going.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. I, I like that. I would also like to focus on the body horror aspect as well. Like when, when we roll body horror as a genre, I'm thinking very specifically of something like the fly or something like uh, video, dri- basically either of the Cronenbergs, right? Uh, and by that, I mean the directors of the Cronenbergs, you know, like Skinneran or you, you know what I'm talking about here, right? Yeah, so so let's let's go ahead and figure out. like I would like to try and focus this to be as personal as possible if we can, or at least create a scenario that kind of is emblematic. Of this kind of chimera relationship, or this kind of chimera monster, right? Yeah, my mind
2: had right away, not surprisingly, gone to annihilation because that sort of deals with all of that. Mark it
0: on the bingo card, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Pretty much, we we got it down. We just got to get to Octavia (laughs) Butler, and you'll get a free uh, gift card. That'll be that'll be soon. That'll be soon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, all right, so so what are we doing with with growth and ex- so? Can I tell you where my brain went for some reason? Yes. When I was thinking of growth and expansion mixed with body horror, I was actually thinking about some kind of like hunger or weight gain or consumption that mm-hmm. is like expanding the human body to like grotesque points. Right. So when I when I'm thinking of body horror mixed with growth. That means physical growth and it means like expansion to bulbous obesity or 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 something like that. I don't don't know why my brain is going that way right now, but that's kind of what I'm thinking.
2: Or like Akira Mm. at the end when he
0: gets
2: all. Yeah.
0: (laughs) See, and I'm
1: (laughs) I'm trying to take like a step past my normal urges, but maybe (laughs) I should just like give in because that's what the dice told us to do. It's
2: body horror. Um. Yeah.
1: (laughs) But I I don't know. I guess I'm starting to see two different things develop here. One is I'm sort of picturing the, because I guess I wasn't clear the body horror I was sort of thinking of with the chimera is as they move and expand into different areas, the way they change is melding with some of the native life forms. Right. So like if you had a chimera that was in an ocean bay, it's going to be instead of it being like a lion and goat and snake Mm. it's it might still have the lion and the snake but have melded with some shark or melded with some manta ray or something like that
0: Mm -hmm. i think you're missing a a big opportunity by missing like chitin or something like that like a crab or like a, a lobster or something like that as well
1: yeah yeah so there's those kinds of creatures i do also really dig what you've been talking about which my brain is now dumping out kind of like a blend between Uh, Akira and the Zerg almost. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where it just becomes this sprawling mass that is taking over, but then it has like these individual animals and people that are still like Mm -hmm. connected to it through these weird tethers that are. So they basically become flesh puppets that can move (laughs) around within the zone and stretch a little ways outside it.
0: I, I think I've got an idea for like the scenario that we can kind of craft here, right? So. If again, if we're keeping to the theme of growth and expansion, I'm thinking that this is actually a sci fi setting, which I know is weird for me. I'm normally the fantasy person or at least the horror person, but I'm guessing that there are some star explorers who crash land on a habitable planet and they encounter all sorts of weird monsters and maybe some sentient or semi sentient races. They're hunted, and obviously, you know, like their rations and eventually run out, and so they have to start eating you know, like the flora and fauna of the land to figure mm-hmm. out, you know, like they get desperate, they get hungry. Uh, and in doing so, they realize that consuming these native species are actually forcing them to blend in with their bodies. So they're slowly transforming into the things that they eat, right? And we can keep all of Clark's kind of um, you know, geographical specific chimera and have that play out in like the exploration by this very small group of survivors and whatnot. And then, you know, the body horror is watching, you know, like you are forced to eat, right? Like you have to eat to survive. So it's not like, do you either choose to die or do you choose to be a monster of your own making? Like, so you can at least have a chance at, you know, like something, you know, like some kind of savior coming. Mm
1: So the, the flesh itself is mutagenic when you eat it?
0: I think what happens is that when you eat this flesh, it somehow changes you and make maybe makes you uh, more mutable as well. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a good way of putting it.
2: That is very annihilation-y. Not necessarily food, but in the book at least, uh, the main character ends up breathing in some spores in this alien mm-hmm. area that they're exploring. Mm -hmm. And that sort of triggers a a change in her, but then others in her group are exposed in other ways and they Mm -hmm. also start to change in different ways. It's interesting though, because I was kind of thinking the opposite in terms of genre, but I think we can still make it work. Or I was imagining like a very pre-industrial kind of primitive time, Mm. like a more fantastical setting where uh, you have these tribes who maybe they... Maybe it's one tribe in particular, or maybe it's multiple tribes that have done this, but like pick somebody to become their, uh, not mascot, but their avatar, their avatar essentially. Yeah. Sure. And that's the person who is, uh, bestowed with these gifts of Mm. having all these things grow into them and turn them into Mm. different things based on like Clark was saying, their geographical location, what they can actually merge with.
0: Okay, I like that idea. What I'm concerned about in that particular concept, though, is like, this is body horror, right? Mm-hmm. So how do we crank up the horror elements? Because what you're suggesting is like, you're basically creating bio mutant superheroes when you do something like that, like to create the avatar, right? So well,
2: not uh, definitely not picturing them as looking... Super heroic.
0: <laughs> well, no, 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 no. But but I mean, like in terms of like a a fantasy that you're indulging in, you're you're creating this like kaiju slash super beast of a of a monster, right? By creating this avatar. So I, I'm thinking that like part of horror is you know like what do you reject? What are you afraid of? Right? And and when it comes to body horror specifically, it's about like bodily decay or bodily betrayal. And so I want to emphasize that in creating chimera, something has to be lost, right? Like you might be gaining, yeah. you know, like the strength of a bear, but what do you lose in return? And o- the obvious thing is humanity, right? Like that's always how body horror normally works or, or usually works. Right. But let's like, I would, I would really like to try and emphasize as much as possible. Like how can we make this horrifying in a way that is not usually horrifying? You know right, what I mean? Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I do like kind of the sci-fi element. Um I'm gonna gonna paint a picture real quick and see see what you guys think.
0: We got so, Caravaggio. Let's hear it. Basically take
1: Avatar the movie. You know, for whatever reason, all of the life forms had this basically dangling brainstem that you could tap into. Mm-hmm. Uh, but instead of that, it's basically an umbilical that feeds back into okay. the ground or a mm. tree or something somewhere. So they're literally tethered. There's there's some flexibility and it can move okay. and melt through material in weird ways. Mm. And that's because in different regions, there is a underlying growth that is spreading that started from a single organism. Mm. And by consuming its flesh, you start yourself on one of two paths. Or I guess one of three paths. One is if you delve too far, you end up part of that mass and you are mm-hmm. now another one of these creatures tethered to the spreading subdermal growth. Or you stay separate and become one yourself. Mm-hmm. Or you have this third one where if you, you have to find a way to stop the process partway through, but the changes can't be reversed.
0: So it's about choice in that way, right? Okay.
1: Choice combined with the thing of when you're in a situation where you don't have that choice, mm. it it starts to become a ticking clock of mm. like, we've got to figure out a way to feed ourselves, because otherwise, mm-hmm. that's our fate, or that's our fate. Both of them are awful, because we're either going to become part of this thing, or I am going to become a new thing. And then you guys are going to have to deal with two of them. Right, because uh, I'm like I'm no longer going to be your your ally. I'm going to be this this pseudo <laughs> uh, terrain terrain spanning mm-hmm. amalgam, mm-hmm. and then that's where it, like it becomes a body horror ticking clock, where how much your body right. changes tells you how much time you have left.
0: Okay, I I like that a lot. Actually, I think that we can probably. So I I'm thinking that you know we're looking at these things as you know like purely flesh beasts, right? But the idea of the umbilical really reminds me of something that is more akin to like fungi. So it's, it's, it's a matter of like a hyper intelligent and incredibly expansive network of fungus. Right. Yeah. And what can happen then is maybe like to kind of bring in a little bit of annihilation. Like Courtney was kind of talking about, there's some kind of process where the umbilical cord gets like hooked under your skin and all of a sudden. That's what starts these changes, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I don't know that that's kind of where my brain is right well
1: now. and maybe maybe if we wanted to different different masses because i I can't think of a better term, but different masses have different mechanisms for trying to draw in new creatures,
3: uh, yeah,
1: so you have mm-hmm. one because I do love that image of you go to sleep on the ground and you wake up, and all of a sudden there's like stuff that has been stung into your arm that just yeah. goes into this tendril that's leading into the earth,
0: exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking, yeah.
1: Yeah, so you you can have stuff like that, or it can be like the longer you're in this environment, just being there, breathing the air, surviving, Mm. you start to change and start to become more like the other surroundings, or it can be part of this consumption base. That can be part of the Mm -hmm. regional difference, right? Yes, maybe the different masses have adapted different techniques to Mm. integrate new Mm -hmm. Um, to basically to grow and extend their reach.
0: Yeah. And that yeah. I was no, going no. to say that ties directly into growth and expansion as well, right? Like we think that the main characters of this narrative are the, the humanoids who have been dropped into this area when in reality and unbeknownst to them and the audience, that is actually the land masses themselves that represent this kind of mass of, you know, like flesh that is slowly taking them over. Like, in my brain, I'm thinking of this as a metaphor for like uh, the honey catcher plant, you know, like those mm-hmm. carnivorous ones that mm-hmm. dissolve like insects in the acid and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So this is basically what it's doing is that it, it like like you said, Clark, there are myriad ways that, you know, like it kind of like catches prey. And in this case, what it does is just it turns the prey into part of its ecosystem.
1: Oh, you know, if we wanted to go with the sci-fi route, this is stretching it a bit. But I also am suddenly really drawn to the idea of it not just being biological functions, but it being being able to develop advanced functions. So if somebody crash lands on this planet where one of these exists and they get subsumed by this organism and then Mm -hmm. it subsumes their ship, all of a sudden this one has learned how to do radio waves. Mm -hmm. So it can actually start sending out like distress signals. Mm -hmm which will then make it so it doesn't have to be physically linked uh, anymore. And that can start being okay. like spreading out through space. And you have these weird reaver ships that are collecting things and then bringing sure. them back to the original mass. And we mm-hmm. can go really crazy sci-fi mm-hmm. directions with that.
0: Yeah, no, I really love that. I I, I think that's really yeah, cool because too. now we're expanding the story. And and I'm thinking that like the reason that this ship even tried to land on this planet to begin with is because it was receiving, it was answering a distress call right mm-hmm. so so it, it i think what we're seeing is that it is advanced to this level and then the future of it could be something like oh it's now able to like launch itself into space and now all of a sudden we've created a prequel to the thing you know what i mean like mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah uh but le- courtney let's let's hear some of your thoughts on this one because Clark and I have been banging on about this for a bit. So let's, what what do you got for us? Are you down? Are you currently down with a sci-fi setting with this conceit?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fine. Um, Okay. When you were talking about the the plants dissolving their food inside of them, I thought about like the bodies of water on this planet and how those might also be methods for certain masses to grow and to take things over. Like if you... Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Not just drinking, but even like bathing or washing your clothes in a body of water, and it's able to somehow maybe take some of your DNA through that process and start to replicate some of your qualities in itself, uh, while also mm. probably dissolving you gradually.
0: Yeah, <laughs> right. And okay, so so we've got the conceit down now, right? Let's focus a little bit more on the chimera part here, right? Because. This is the monster mash, right? We got to we got to make sure that the monster is front and center here. So how can we ensure that the monster is the scariest thing on the screen and not the nettles burrowing into your arm and turning you into part of that monster?
1: I think when we see it starting to adapt and send new forms Mm -hmm. after our characters, honestly. Mm hmm. And like at a certain point, I feel like I'm just like rehashing all of my normal ideas in just a slightly different <laughs> way. But, but if, that, if that's a thing where as you're engaging, you don't know what's going on at first and it is these weird things that are attaching to you, but then you start to see the environment changing around you and starting to understand the scope of what you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one day you're dealing with these kind of simian creatures, but you're able to hide away in your ship. And then the next day they have like, Basically, they have bone crowbars Mm -hmm. that their arms have melded into. So it's adapting and modifying, Mm -hmm. like kind of not completely on the fly. But then you can also have sort of this rapid life decay cycle, which would be very unnerving to watch. Mm -hmm. I like that a lot, actually. And when you realize that it's all one thing, at Mm -hmm. that point, everything becomes terrifying because you're like, I don't know, are these plants part of it? Is that thing that I saw part of it? What does it want? What's it doing? Mm-hmm.
2: Or like a, a molting type of phase rather mm. than just life and death. But it's, it's constantly like shedding its skin and changing forms that way. Like you come mm. across these husks in the wilderness and it's like, Oh, that's, Wait, good I, just, too. I just saw this yesterday. Shit. What is it now?
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah. mean, I was also thinking that like the land itself is the mastermind behind all of this, right? Like it's, it's creating these chimera kind of like to figure out, you know, like the best way to kill you. And also at the same time, it's kind of trying to create an apex predator, you Mm -hmm. know? So Mm -hmm. like, maybe it's like the, the only way that it can advance and evolve is by like throwing as much of its biomass at you as possible to learn and then force the things that it's creating to become more ferocious and maybe we Mm -hmm. see that in the narrative right where it's like oh they killed you know the first thing so easily and you know they they thought nothing of it and then the next round it's like oh well shit that's a really scary land mammal and so we had to swim away to get to it and then the next time you see something it is now adapted and then each time they realize like oh shit this thing is adapting faster than we can probably take care of, you know, like there's that escalation to it. Right.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in terms of a reason for this to exist, like that, that feature to exist, I also really like the idea. uh, This can get overplayed in horror movies, especially when they do it as the last final sting, but just realizing that there's not just one of them. Because mm-hmm. if you're thinking about it, like why does something need to adapt this much? But if that's part of how these separate organisms fight with each other and try mm-hmm. and claim biomass and territory from the other, mm-hmm. like one that would be really odd to watch if they show up and at one point they see you see a herd of stag that are like chasing down a pack of smaller jackal-like creatures, and you're like, that is not mm-hmm. that is not standard herbivore behavior. Mm-hmm. But whatever, and then. Mm-hmm just a couple of days later, you see something else that is tearing apart or feasting on the remains of that herd of stag that you saw. And seeing some of that odd back and forth would be very interesting.
2: It could also be that they are absorbing the lesser creatures that they come across, like not just mm-hmm. eating them, but like actively uh, oh, yeah. bringing them into their bodies. So like the stags that you see chasing down those jackals one day, maybe a few days later, you see the herd again and they have jackal heads in addition to yeah. their stag heads
0: mm-hmm. yeah and then that's where the multi-headed chimera comes. in yeah 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 there you go you get the iconography there yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah um one thing though right one thing i do want to point out i want uh the body horror aspect to be re- because what i hate in like body horror is when like the character's like what's this change that's happening oh no you know it's like Like you should know pretty quickly like, oh, that's fucked up and awful and I know what to expect, right? So I want there to be some level of self-awareness and I want there to be some level of um, choice that has to be made, right? Again, it's like the only way I can survive is by becoming a monster. And the question becomes, is that survival? Is that acceptable? You know, like that kind of thing.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And if we're talking in terms of a larger narrative, I think that would be a very interesting arc to Mm. pursue where they're finding that they're being outpaced. So they're having to take some of the capabilities of this creature into themselves so that they in turn can adapt and adjust. But then that starts to feed. Mm. Basically, that feeds into the natural cycle of this environment where they're at, where they have just entered themselves into that standard cycle of Mm. predator-prey evolution. And then it then there's more of that choice, which it's a shitty choice yeah. um, of just like we're going to be wiped out or we can take this and try and adapt like this. And I don't know.
0: That's I, think I like the idea. Gone. I have this vision in my head like I'm I'm a very visual thinker where like there is this moment where they manage to take down one of the predators and then they realize we have to eat this thing. And so like, there's this slow horror that comes over them as they're biting into like raw, uncooked chimera flesh. And, you know, like maybe the other people in the group realize what's happening and then they just bolt because they're like, that person's going to change. Like they have made their choice and we need to get away from them type thing, Mm -hmm. you know, where it's but but I I mean, yeah, that's kind of the fun thing. It's like does one person sacrifice themselves in order to become the ultimate Chimera? Kind of like what Courtney was saying, oh, right? Like does fun. one person become the avatar mm-hmm. uh, to not, and not like the Aang avatar, obviously Yeah, definitely. in, definitely in order for you progress. to uh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: You had one person in your group who decided to become a Chimera to help protect you against the other organisms. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. then it becomes this whole thing of like, yeah, we need them to evolve and be able to defend us. But, We don't want them to go too far or they're just going to be another problem and we have lost them completely.
0: And then there's obviously the one guy who's way too excited to be a chimera, you know, right? That's also the other thing, right? Where he's like, maybe he's been like eating food on the side and he's like hiding the changes that he's been undergoing or something like that, you know,
1: experimenting how much control they have over the changes.
0: There you go. Yeah. There, yeah, yeah, yeah. There
2: could also be um, elements of self-mutilation. Like you see these changes yeah. starting to occur in yourself and you don't want it to happen. And the only way that you can think to fix that in this moment on a foreign planet with limited oh. tools is to cut it out of yourself.
0: Yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Peel stuff off of you or
0: all that. Yeah, like you eat something that has like tentacles or spines or something like that. And you realize like, oh. It- And maybe at first it's like, oh, no, eating this thing gave me a disease. And so like you start pulling away the spines or the, you know, like the growths and you realize that they're now part of you. And it's like, oh, no, this is way Mm -hmm. worse because now like they keep growing back, even though like, you know, it's been days or something like that. Yeah, that's horrifying. I like that. Mm
1: -hmm. And going back to the choice, there could be a thing that maybe they have the medical devices that can excise it. It's painful and not always effective but then there starts to be that decision on an mm-hmm. individual level of like well this seems useful though
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah like yeah. if
1: you had a thing where you did start growing chitin along one arm and mm-hmm. you're like well i don't really like this but i also remember two days ago when we were facing those wolf creatures i could have just yeah had them latch onto an arm and been fine you know mm-hmm. starting especially oh. if they start to see some of the advantages of the changes that's like well i don't oh, yeah. like that i'm changing but it's keeping me alive and okay do i get rid of it do i keep it
0: absolutely mm-hmm. clark here in my brain right i'm thinking about this as like kind of a long form novel now and i'm thinking that the first time they encounter the wolf creatures one person gets their arm like shredded down to like ribbons right Mm-hmm. and then they're like oh well we found some kind of crustacean thing and after eating it their their arm which was previously like shredded meat now like kind of develops this chitin and then the next time they encounter the wolf things they put up their chitinous arm yep. and they realize like oh i have power now right like i am not a defenseless thing to right. be shredded and mm-hmm. used like meat you know like it's a tragedy and then all of a sudden that switch gets turned on they're like wait i'm a predator now you know like That kind of like, oh, no, that's that's bad that you've thought that, you know, that kind of thing.
1: Mm -hmm. And another thing in kind of the vein of some of the self-mutilation sort of is then there is almost a drive to experiment with the dangers of the world. Oh, yeah. So that you can then better adapt yourself to survive them when they happen unintentionally. Mm -hmm. So it being like, well, I'm going to put my foot in this thing with a plan to like cut my foot off or whatever if something goes wrong so we know what this does and we can then adapt ourselves to make it not a problem in the mm. future. Mm-hmm.
0: This is a multi-million dollar like movie franchise and I'm naming it Apex and I don't oh, care. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. I feel like we've we've mucked around in this particular area long enough. I feel like it's time that we can move on. Sounds Let's good. see. We we've still got Chimera Let's recontextualize it. We've got sci-fi, horror, body horror nonsense. So what does a change in genre do to a chimera? Our genre this time is going to be. Oh, it's a good old space western. All right. (laughs) Nothing wrong with a good old space western. So the theme this time is going to be. Oh, Courtney, we've got secrets.
3: Mm, okay. We've got
0: secrets uh, as our theme. And the first thing we're focusing on with this chimera is a villain. So, Courtney, get us started. We've got a villain with a secret and we're in a space western. What do you got for us?
2: As an aside, did we, I guess the historic event in the last one was just um, crashing on the planet?
0: We did not do yep. the historic <laughs> event for the last one at all, did we? I mean, we talked about so many things that could have been <laughs> yeah. major turning points. Sure, yeah. I think. It was
2: the the crashing, I guess.
0: Yep. Yeah, it was yes, it was a the, the crashing is exactly <laughs> what the historic event was, yes. Courtney. You're hundred percent correct about that.
1: Discovery of the planet, historic yep. event. There, there you yeah. go.
0: Look, Perfect. we just created two historic events. Wow. Excellent. Great that's, job. That's crazy. <laughs> Courtney, what about the villain though? um
2: let's see with with a space western like typically that's frontier planets like Mm -hmm. firefly that sort of thing
0: a little bit of star wars in there sure a
2: little bit yeah
0: some cowboy bebop oh cowboy bebop yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely
2: um i'm wondering if there is a biotech firm from one of the inner Mm -hmm. civilized planets that has Basically taken over a planet to do experimentation on, and they are developing some sort of chimera-ish life form. There. Sure.
0: Here's here's where I'm going to throw in a, a caveat or a, a little mini tenet. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that in our space western, the horror is on the chimera, and that this isn't the type of human hybrid program. So that that's the one like okay let's make sure that it's not a human hybrid program let's make sure that it's something else you know
2: yeah no that works for me cool. um i feel like the human hybrid made sense for last time cuz body horror
0: i completely very agree. much ties
2: into that but yeah i'm cool with keeping this uh pretty separate like maybe they're trying to develop some i don't know why would they be trying to develop a horrific chimera creature
1: i mean if you're dealing with westerns right a big mm-hmm livestock tend yeah, to be a really yeah. big part of it domesticated life forms so maybe they're trying to create some of the rather than the ultimate predators they're trying to create the ultimate domesticated frontier mm. animal
2: yeah like the most profitable
0: uh, most sure. amount of meat mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean th- there's always been the kind of like not real but like it, okay when we talk about like kfc or like, you know, like genetic breeding for fast food, right? There's always that like one who's like, oh, you know that KFC uses chicken that have like four wings and six breasts, right? You know, like that's obviously bullshit, but it feels real enough where you're like, Mm -hmm. maybe I should Google it. Make sure that that's not (laughs) actually a thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like we're going to take that to a maximum extreme here and be like, well, we've got our cow-chicken-pork hybrid Mm -hmm. right where you can get bacon steak and eggs all in one animal Mm -hmm. which actually holy shit that's like a complete breakfast right there Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) yeah yeah that's kind of what i was thinking Mm -hmm. is basically because especially going to firefly it's a lot about there's a lot of smuggling different goods i'm like what kind of stuff could they create that Mm -hmm. would be valuable to sell and smuggle to distant locations Mm
0: -hmm. yeah and and one thing i think we can kind of put a pin in here is that Just because the monster itself is the centerpiece of the episode, it doesn't mean that it has to be like a vicious or violent thing. Like, I think that we just need to center the narrative around it. And I like Mm -hmm. the idea that it's not a vicious predator. It's this kind of like semi-tragic figure like, oh, yeah, this corporation's gone too far and it's creating a being that is just, you know, there for suffering, basically.
2: Yeah, like we could do something, too, with um, like you take current present day Earth and how uh, vegetarian diets are being seen as much more sustainable with Mm -hmm. linking in climate change and the amount of lands that livestock farming takes up Mm -hmm. and so on. And um, so maybe that is kind of the, the culture of the galaxy or whatever amount of space that we're dealing with here is like they have for moral and or sustainability reasons mostly converted to like a primarily plant-based diet. So this is like the biotech firm is trying to profit off of people's desire for having Mm. meat again. And yeah, obviously they're trying to hide what exactly that meat is coming from. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because one of the things that comes up a lot in sci-fi, which is just a great idea, is just vat-grown meat right yeah yeah because that Mm -hmm. becomes a lot more effective but that only would work in a place where you have the infrastructure to do it so maybe Mm -hmm. this animal is supposed to be the frontier replacement of that
3: Mm -hmm.
1: and at risk of it being too cliche but maybe doing some sort of regeneration process or even something where it's like a weird this is going to sound crazy but a weird cow starfish hybrid yeah Mm -hmm. so um as long as you just cut off one of the legs, it will grow back.
2: <laughs> yeah, I love it. It uh, it makes me think of And I forget if I brought this up on the gross jam that we did or on another episode, but the Oryx and crake chicky knobs, which were like.
0: You did, in fact, bring that up in another episode because yeah. I remember that very distinctly. It's like
2: these biotech GMO uh, flesh plant like things that are live. They're living pieces of chicken, but they're. Mm-hmm. They don't look like chicken anymore at all.
0: Right. Well, okay. So that was, that was in our bio legally right. distinct yes. Bioshock episode. Yes. Yeah. That ended up being
2: <laughs> disgusting oh, on a yeah. certain level, like close to the gross jam. Outside, talk, talking about
0: yeah, body horror, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so I think what we should do though, because right now, right, it's secrets and it's Uh, space Western, but I'm not getting a lot of that space Western flavor, right? We've got corporations. We've got like the idea of like a roundup and stuff like that, or like maybe like a cattle drive or something like that. But you know, like, where's the Western bit coming in? Where's the, where's the secrets coming in? Like we've got like vague corporate secrets like that are trying to hide the existence of this thing from the public. Frankly, I don't, I don't buy it. I feel like the public would just be like, yeah, whatever. We don't care, you know, like, oh, our meat comes from a giant cow hybrid. Okay, cool. Does it taste good? All right, great. I don't care. You know, like, I, I feel like there's a level of apathy that's being created there. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of curious to kind of push back on that and like explore what that can mean and, you know, add in some more of the, the space westerny stuff.
2: Yeah, like I was picturing it being on this like backwater frontier type of planet that um sure, it doesn't have a whole lot of contact with the more populous center planets, but there are still people living there. And mm. I, oh. I get the sense that the biotech company is like, they're basically trying to use the entire planet as their mm-hmm. breeding ground for this livestock.
0: Yeah, I, I think I can jive with it a little bit if mm-hmm. you'll let me. I, how about this, right? So, I like the idea that this super premium meat, right? everyone's used to vat grown stuff at this point in the space Western, mm-hmm. right? They're used to rehydrating chicky nuggies and like getting all the their nutrients that way. The future that Daniel wants, right? Yes, however, for the super rich, there is this like, oh, do you want real meat like from an mm-hmm. animal? Guess what? We've got you, and they tell them it is this, you know, like real livestock that's this amazing thing you know it's like it's a you know it's kind of like real organic grass-fed beef type stuff Mm -hmm. and in reality it's these weird chimera things and so maybe the secret isn't you know that you know we're feeding into the multiverse it's like no we're cheating clients like rich people out of money and that's where like things kind of get a little dicey you know and that's where the conflict is we we narrow that scope even further to be like a rich client got pissed off and now he sent his like leg breakers and bounty hunters to go and like bust up this operation you know
1: and i i do feel that that might still be getting a little away from the western mm-hmm. but part of what i was thinking is yeah if it's primarily for the rich you've then created a target for basically space cattle wrestlers right Ah, yeah, okay. Yeah. they're going to they're going to be raiding the shipments, they're going to be taking these supplies, and then it becomes a very firefly thing of like, we had a good haul, but now we have to find the right place to sell it. Right. Because, you know, these are genetically coded things. And if we take it to a place that's too close to the core, they're going to run a sample and then we're going to get mm. we're yeah. going to get got. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. It's, it's kind of like the Monsanto, like, right, we have yeah. like copyright genes and seeds and stuff like that, except that but with designer beef, you right? Know. Patented right. Cow and the people fish. in the
1: frontier don't care because they're like, "Oh, this is good meat," and like, "Yeah, we're just glad that you're bringing us good meat." And it becomes this very weird sort of noble cowboy thing of like, "Yeah, we're breaking yeah. the law, but come on."
0: Yeah, no, I'm I'm cool with that. Like, I like <laughs> the idea that real meat, even though it's like chimera meat, right, is still seen as like a super luxury and like something yeah. for rich folks. And so when these, you know, like these these cattle rustlers come by and it's like hey we got some stolen meat and they you know you look at this weird like cow pig chicken hybrid and they're like oh that's gonna be good it's uh, gonna be real tasty when we eat it you know that kind of thing
1: mm-hmm. and you could even go to the point where maybe you can get a license to have one of these creatures and you become a local distributor and then there's that whole thing of if there's mm-hmm. a family that is out on the frontier and they were able to save up and pull strings and get one of these creatures oh. that they're responsible for and distributing it. And then people come steal it.
0: Yeah. 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 Make it, make that story even smaller where it's like, you are the children of the owner who like one day you come home, you find Pa's been beat up. Maybe he's like mm-hmm. in a coma, mm-hmm. you know, and then it's like your job to go and find out who did it and get your one chimera cow back. That's really good. Actually. I love that idea. Cause that is, It's it's got a very unforgiven vibe to it, you know, where it's like the past came back to haunt Pa or something like that. Maybe. okay, maybe Pa was a cattle rustler and (laughs) stole it in the first place. uh, Yeah, he Mm, stole it in the first place. Yeah. But, you know, he went straight after that. You know, like this one cow is the one that made him go straight, you know, for whatever reason.
2: And he's just been harvesting from the same cow for the past exactly. forty years.
1: Yeah, and that could go on a whole route where the people who like wronged you and stole it are actually people who were lawfully hired by the organization to yep. get their stolen property yeah. back. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. And because you're like on a frontier planet, it's just taken him like twenty years to get caught up with him and stuff like that.
1: Mm-hmm. And because of where you are, the people are like we don't care about the law. Yeah. We don't care about your rights. We need our livestock right.
0: back. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like we don't care jim is a good man he's been feeding this community for generations you know like that kind mm-hmm. of thing. exactly yeah. yeah oh that's oh and then you have this scene at the end where it's like our heroes are like battered and bruised and then all of a sudden the town comes out to like have their backs and stuff like that yeah oh that's <laughs> great yeah that's good um i'm in i'm totally sold i'm buying a ticket i'm good
2: Except since we're dealing with a super high tech biotech corporation, they probably just fucking nuke the planet or something. Oh Ob- yeah,
0: obviously. <laughs> it's like, oh, does that does that one planet have one of our cows? Cool, we're gonna nuke it from orbit. Fuck you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't
1: know. Uh, it might turn into a thing where part of the ending is they're like, okay, fine, you can keep it, but only if you become like officially incorporated with
2: oh, us yeah. oh, and give yeah. us like X percent of everything you. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's like you guys aren't worth the trouble. Like we yeah. don't have any shipment out here. We don't have any of this stuff. So I tell you what, mm. if you if you agree, you've been doing it pro bono for years. If you agree to <laughs> charge people a paltry sum yep. and send mm. us that money, you can keep it.
0: I, I also like the idea that like the deed or the lease to this to this animal is also like won in a card game, or like lost in a game of chance, or something like that. You yeah, know what I mean, mm-hmm. just to really amp up the like Western nonsense. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Have you all ever seen the movie Maverick? No, no. no. Okay, never mind then. <laughs> uh, listeners, if you've watched the movie Maverick starring Mel Gibson, let me know. Uh, we we can chat about it on Discord. <laughs> <laughs> How old is that one? Oh, 90s, probably, you know, before he was anti-Semitic.
1: Oh, yes, I have. Yeah. Where uh, he's he's doing the poker. Yeah. Tournament. yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. that That's OK. That's been a, a weirdly dumb and fun movie. It's like it, I don't remember it being very good. I remember <laughs> it being like kind of fun, though, you know, but it's been like ages since I saw it. So I couldn't. Yeah. Tell you. I just remember the very end in that, like it was a dope scene, admittedly. Right. But uh, not to spoil it. Not going to spoil it, obviously, because Courtney's going to go watch this immediately once we're done recording. <laughs> uh really, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, all right. So, yeah, I think that's two very different and very cool uh scenarios that you can get with Chimera. Do, mm-hmm. do we have any parting words or anything else that we want to talk about about the Chimera in general before we close out the episode?
2: No, I just like how, yeah, in the first one, it was like very much the the predatory aspect. The yeah. the Kamiura themselves were the horrifying things. And then in the second one, it's like, they're just weird cows.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think that's one thing that I'd really like to emphasize with the Monster Mash episodes as well, is that like you can use monsters in all sorts of different ways. They yeah. don't always have to be like, the thing that your players fight, right? Or the thing that you need to be afraid of in the narrative. It's like, nah. sometimes they're just like cow things that you're going to eat, right? Or mm-hmm. they're going to be like a, a beast of burden for a community or something like that. Or they're going to be, you know, like in the case of something like a like a vampire, it's like, yeah, what, what happens if you are the vampire and like you're just protagonists? And oh, wait, we have entire subgenres where that's the case. Of course, you know,
1: mm-hmm. Or even just things where it's like a boy and his dog, but here it's a boy oh, yeah. and his monster. You know, yeah, you can do that whole
0: thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oof. All right, yeah. We th- th- this was a fun one, y'all. I had, I had a lot of fun with this. Mm-hmm.
1: I like the space cow.
0: Yeah, <laughs> space cow for sure. Exactly. Yeah, I yeah, I'm I'm with you on that one. I I mm-hmm. really enjoyed that bit. Uh, all right, we're gonna we're gonna call it there. So, Clark, thank you so much for guest hosting with us as per usual. Can you remind the friends, the people, the listeners where we can find you and your content?
1: Absolutely. My most recent stuff is on YouTube on the channel The Magic Engineer. I haven't been great about getting that translated over to my website, but I have a lot of older content on com, which is also where you can email me and reach out to me. Or, if you want a bunch of other extra stuff, you can find my newsletter on my website. Or, I do have a Patreon account where I'm, as I'm building up the community, I'm going to be doing more live QAs and potentially some fun game nights and stuff like that.
0: Not to mention a book that you can find as well. At yes. least one, maybe more now, right?
1: Yeah, there's two books on Amazon. And, um, Hopefully, I'm not spilling the beans too early, but I'm working on a video course specifically to on how to create a magic
0: system. Hey, there we Very go. Cool. Well, that'll be in the future. Like that, that doesn't exist until Clark's on to promote it the next time he's on. Okay, that's so fair. yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right, so so that's gonna do it for this episode of World Build with us. Uh, Remember that if you want us to build your world, you can always go to our website, worldbuildwithus.com, where you can click the link, follow the instructions, and within a reasonable amount of time, we'll be building your world. If you want to follow us on social media, we're over on Twitter at Let's World Build. Or you can come follow us on Discord and chat with us directly about Maverick, about whether or not you want more monster matches, or, you know, just about anything else in particular. If you're feeling particularly generous, of course, you can always go to our Patreon where we've got all sorts of interesting and good with, there's some good content over there on the Patreon. So give it a listen, right? When, when you get a chance or, or not, they no, no pressure either way. We appreciate it, though. Anyway, that's going to be it. Uh, remember that we love you very much. We're going to get through this together until next week.